Shirts fans to episode number 72 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. The Rangers coming off of last night's 5-3 home loss against the Dallas Stars. Tough way to see this modest two-game winning streak come to an end. We've got a lot to unpack here. Philip DiGiuseppe makes his Ranger debut. Henrik Lundqvist gets benched. Pavel Buchnevich gets benched. Chris Kreider sits out with the injury. And the Rangers, on the plus side, they go 3-for-3 three three on the power play. Their power play now up to 7th overall in the league, which is about as high as I can ever remember it being in recent seasons, maybe in my entire tenure as a Ranger fan, which goes back to about 1994. But, yeah, overall, just not a great night for the Rangers. It's not like they played terribly, but they did make some mistakes, and they ended up paying for them. And Henrik Lundqvist, obviously not his best night either. We're going to talk about all that in just a second. I did want to start by talking a little bit about Philip D. Giuseppe making his Ranger debut here. And he ends up playing on the top line alongside Mika Zibanejad and Pavel Buchnevich. Well, at least that's how they started the night. Buchnevich ended up getting benched, and we're going to talk about that a little bit as well. But as for D. Giuseppe, it's a cool opportunity for him. You know, he's... I wouldn't really say he's a journeyman, but he's been in the league for a while. He was a second-round draft pick by the Carolina Hurricanes back in 2012. He went number 38 overall, and probably fair to say he hasn't really lived up to expectations. In 151 career NHL games, he has just 14 goals and 27 assists. He is 26 years old. He spent three and a half seasons with the Carolina Hurricanes, moved over to Nashville last season, but played just three games there, and of course making his Ranger debut last night. He signed a one-year, two-way contract with the Rangers in the offseason. And again, I don't really think the Rangers are expecting big, big things from Di Giuseppe. I think it's a case where he's a guy who can be a little bit of a plug-and-play forward for the Rangers, if you will. And he's the kind of guy who has enough NHL experience. He has enough games under his belt that you can have an injury to a Chris Kreider and feel okay about putting Di Giuseppe out there on the ice especially if it's just going to be for one or two games. Now, if there's a more long-term injury to a Ranger player, I would expect them to call up a forward with maybe a little bit more upside. But in the short term, nothing wrong with giving Di Giuseppe a little bit of a chance at the NHL level on the Rangers. And he played all right in this game. He had, I believe it was, yes, four shots on goal for Di Giuseppe. He dished out three hits, and he had 12 minutes and 32 seconds of ice time. And again, just kind of throwing him right into the fire. He actually started the game on the top line and did okay for himself. You know, not a bad night. He did have a little bit of a misplay on one of the Stars' goals. I can't put it completely on him, but there was just some miscommunication between DiGiuseppe and Ryan Lindgren on the play, and we'll get into that in just a little bit. We're going to talk about that when we break down Henrik Lundqvist's performance. But as for Chris Kreider, you know, he misses this game. He had the, the scary head injury. During the second period of the last game against the Red Wings, of course, he goes down trying to get to a rebound. He's down on the ice, and Mika Zibanejad just tries to get around him really quick, but Zibanejad's knee catches Kreider flush in the side of the head. And so as a precaution, Rangers hold out Chris Kreider here, and we'll see how they want to play it going forward. The Rangers seem to believe that it's a short-term injury, that he will be back in short order, not seeing anything definitive one way or the other as far as whether he's going to play on Wednesday night against the Maple Leafs. But if we see something, if we see an update before this episode ends, obviously I will give you guys an update. 
And as far as Kreider's trade value is concerned, I don't think this really changes anything because I don't expect him to miss a ton of time. And it's just one of those things where I think the Rangers are being safe. You have to play it safe with head injuries to begin with. And I think teams that are in on Kreider, you know, like the Avalanche, the Blues, I'm hearing the Bruins a little bit, maybe the Penguins. Those are kind of the big four that have really emerged. And you never know when there could be a little bit of a dark horse team to also throw their name into the hat as well. But those are the four big teams that we've been hearing recently. And so I think... All those teams will maintain interest in Kreider. They just got to see him back out there healthy and, you know, skating again. And fortunately for the Rangers, this didn't happen right before the trade deadline because if he were to suffer a head injury maybe like three or four games before the trade deadline, it might give these teams some pause about trading for him, or at the very least, they might not be willing to offer as much for him as they otherwise would have offered. But the good news is... Kreider should be back in action in relatively short order. He should go back out there, and whatever concerns these teams have about trading for him, uh, hopefully those concerns will be alleviated once they see Kreider back out there on the ice. And again, I have not completely thrown in the towel and completely given up on the idea of not trading Chris Kreider and trying to reach some kind of an extension with him, but all signs point to Kreider being on the move on or before the trade deadline. So we'll jump into this game against the Stars in the first period here. The Rangers get an early power play, and they convert. They go up one to nothing, less than three minutes into the action, and it was just the start of a great power play night for the Rangers. Again, the unit goes three for three. They came into this game ranked eighth in the league. They move up to seventh with the three for three performance, and they were buzzing early on this power play. Guys like Zibanejad got a chance. D'Angelo had a chance. Buchnevich had a chance. And then Buchnevich chases a puck into the corner and basically just throws it toward the net. He had Mika Zibanejad there crashing the net. It almost looked like Buchnevich was trying to pass. And Kudobin, I think, got a little too caught up with trying to defend against the pass. And somehow the puck just got right through him, goes into the net. And just like that, Buchnevich gives the Rangers a one to nothing lead. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Buchnevich because this goal here was a little bit of a fluke and it was not at all indicative of how his night went overall, and he found himself benched later in the game. And you guys know, you know, if you've been listening, for the most part, I've stuck up for Buchnevich. And I didn't get to watch this game live because I work late on Monday nights, so I was able to watch it this morning, and I had already heard the news that Buchnevich had been benched in this game. So I was trying to really kind of keep an eye on him and see, like, okay, well, what did he do to deserve this benching? And, of course, I also saw that he scored a goal early in this game. What I didn't realize was that it was kind of a fluky goal, and you are happy for Buchnevich here because he's kind of been snake-bitten. He's hit the post a couple times this season. He's been denied by some great saves by the opposing goaltender. It just seems like for a good chunk of the season, Buchnevich really just could not catch a break. And with this goal, it gives him now three goals in his last four games. But you do have to be fair. You do have to look at this goal for what it is. And it was just a fluke. And a, scoring a goal like this is not going to necessarily ensure that you stay on the ice if you're not playing well in other facets of the game. And Buchnevich had two really bad turnovers in the first period, and it was at least two. I mean, again, I was trying to really zero in on Buchnevich whenever he was on the ice because I had already heard the news that he was benched at a certain point in this game, and I wanted to see, you know, what he did that was so egregiously wrong, and there were a couple of bad turnovers. We're going to break those down here as well. The first one occurred while the Rangers were on the power play, and at this point, it's still the first period. The Rangers are down 2-1 to one at this juncture, and Buchnevich just with an awful turnover here. He gains the blue line, and he just kind of sends this really soft pass back in the direction of Artemi Panarin, but the puck never got anywhere near Panarin, and instead, it's intercepted by Comio, Blake Comio, who, again, just continues to be kind of a Ranger killer, but he intercepts the pass easily, gets a partial breakaway. Lundqvist makes the save, so he kind of bails out Buchnevich there. 
And then later in the first period, at this point, the game was tied at two. Buchnevich with a really bad turnover at his own blue line. It looked like he was going to have... He was going to be able to easily skate the puck out of the zone, but he gives it away, and he gives the Stars possession in the Rangers zone. So a bad play there by Buchnevich as well. And it could just be... I mean, first of all, you got the two turnovers, so Buchnevich has that working against him. But beyond that, I didn't really notice a whole lot that Buchnevich did, but maybe that's just kind of the thing here, is that there are some games where Buchnevich just isn't as visible out there as you would like him to be. So maybe when you combine the two turnovers with the fact that Buchnevich maybe wasn't as engaged in the game as Quinn would have liked. You put that all together, and that leads to a benching. And, you know, Buchnevich, you know, I, I like Buchnevich. I've stood up for him. I still don't think the Rangers should trade him. I think they should hang on to him and continue to see what they have because he is under contract for another season next year. But he has been an inconsistent player, and maybe Quinn finally had just seen enough, and he just wanted to send a message to Buchnevich that, hey, we expect more out of you. You know, not every benching is done out of, you know, anger and just disgust. I mean, this might be Quinn's way of challenging Buchnevich going forward. And he picked tonight. Tonight was probably as good a night as any to do it because, like we said, he did have the two really bad turnovers. There are hopefully better days ahead, and it will be very interesting to see how the Rangers use him in the next game. You know, do they just toss him right back out there on the first line alongside Kreider if Kreider's back? You know, is it going to be Kreider's advantage at him, Buchnevich, as it usually is? Or does Buchnevich maybe move down to the third line? Maybe Kako moves up to the top line. Kako played well again in this game tonight, I thought. So they got some options. I mean, I certainly don't think Buchnevich is going to be a healthy scratch or anything like that. I think that's the last thing you want to do. You know, you don't want to sap the guy of his confidence. And, you know, yes, he's driven Ranger fans crazy at times this season. But if you look at the points leaders, and I realize points aren't everything, but he is around, you know, seventh on the Rangers as far as total points are concerned. So this is a guy that they need, you know, they need him to be out there and they need him to step up a little bit and they need him to be a good player because the Rangers eventually, if they're going to get back into this playoff chase, they're going to need some secondary scoring. It can't just be Panarin and Zibanejad and Strom and Kreider every single night. They're going to need guys like Pavel Buchnevich, guys like Philip Hedl, guys like Capo Caco to step up a little bit and start lighting the lamp a little bit. And I overall, you know, I think, and again, I, I've stood up for the Caco Hedl and, you know, they've had Howden out there with them and Howden scored a goal in this game. I've stood up for that line. I think that they overall have played pretty well recently. And I think that continued here in this game tonight. They got some significant minutes on the ice. And, but, you know, for whatever reason, they're just not letting the lamp. They're just not converting on their opportunities. I still think it's coming. But, yeah, you know, the Rangers, they got to get some secondary scoring. And Buchnevich has got to be one of the guys leading the charge there. He's been here on the Rangers for long enough. He's got to step up a little bit. And, you know, I, I have no issue really with Quinn's benching of Buchnevich. I wouldn't bench him in the next game. I wouldn't make him a healthy stretch or anything like that. And you know what? Go ahead and throw him out there on the top line again. Why not? Send the message to him that, yes, we were not happy with your play in the last game, but we don't consider it a death sentence, and we still expect big things out of you. That's the right message to send to a guy like Buchnevich right now. So I'd say throw him right back out there on that top line, and hopefully you know, he can step it up a little bit and continue. Like we said, three goals in his last four games. So he is coming on a little bit as far as lighting the lamp is concerned, and hopefully he can continue that going forward. I also have to call out Brennan Smith a little bit here for something he did in the first period. Now, the Rangers, they're up one to nothing at this point, and they're playing well. You know, everything's kind of going their way out of the starting blocks here. And for no real reason at all, Brennan Smith just kind of takes a run at somebody in the neutral zone and lays him out and takes an interference penalty. I mean, it wasn't like a dirty, malicious hit where he's going to be fined or suspended or anything, but it was just stupid. There was no reason to do it. They weren't really anywhere near the puck on the play, I don't think. And... 
for whatever reason, Smith just felt compelled to lay this guy out. I mean, I know he's a physical player. I know he's out there to throw his weight around a little bit, but this was just an undisciplined penalty. It's the kind of penalty that the Rangers have gotten away from recently because that was such an issue early in the season, and they've been better with it, but it rears its ugly head here. Brent Smith takes a wholly unnecessary penalty, and just like that, the Sharks go on the power play. They hit the crossbar pretty much right off of the faceoff, and the puck nearly goes out of play, but it stays in play. And then we get a shot from John Klingberg from the blue line, and Joe Pavelski tips it home to tie the game at one for a power play goal. Now, the Rangers challenged this, and the call on the ice was upheld, which then also means that the Rangers are going to be penalized, and the Stars are going to immediately have another power play. And I do have to question a little bit why Quinn challenged this, because eventually on MSG, they showed the replay where the puck bounced off of the glass. It did not hit the net. It was close, you know, it was borderline, but it's one of those things like, do you really think this call is going to get overturned? I mean, what are the odds really that this call is going to get overturned? And I understand, you know, maybe the risk is worth it because if the call gets overturned, then hey, the Stars don't get a goal and the Rangers are still up one to nothing. But you look at this replay and you're fooling yourself if you really believe that this call was going to be overturned. And and sure enough, it was not overturned. The goal stood and now the Stars have another two-minute power play because the Rangers... They take the delay a game penalty for challenging and losing. And so then just about, what is it, 15 or 16 seconds into the next power play, the Stars score again, and Pavelski strikes again. Stahl tried to get the puck in the corner, and he he sent a pass along the boards behind the net. It looked like he was trying to get it to Lindgren, but the pass misfired. The Stars take control. They work the puck in deep to Ben, and Ben passes out in front to Pavelski, and Pavelski buries his shot from the slot. So Joe Pavelski scores two goals in about... 15, 16 seconds there. And just like that, it's two to one stars. And this all started with that foolish penalty by Brendan Smith. And one thing leads to another. And just like that, this awesome start that the Rangers were off to here is pretty much all for naught. And the stars have a two to one lead. Now the Rangers do strike back. They get a power play opportunity. And this is the one where Buchnevich had the bad turnover, but the Rangers recover. They regroup and Kako takes a shot on net. It looks like it hit off of Kudobin's helmet. And then Howden makes just an outstanding play in the crease. The puck is in the air, and Howden gets his glove on it, drops it to his skates, and stuffs the puck home right before it could cross the goal line. Now, he's got to get his stick on the puck there because he it initially went off of his glove. So if the puck goes off of his glove and into the net, it's not going to count because he reached up to grab it. It wasn't like incidental contact with the puck or anything like that. Howden deliberately reached into the air, grabbed the puck, dropped it at his feet, and put it home with his stick. The refs initially waved the goal off, but upon the review, they realize, yes, Howden indeed knocked the puck down, got his stick on it to put it home, and just like that, the Rangers tie the game at two. Really a great play by Howden there, very alert, very aware of where he was on the ice and what he needed to do in that spot, because again, if he doesn't get his stick on it, and he got his stick on the puck maybe just like, you know, an inch or two before the puck was about to cross the line. If he doesn't do that, that goal is not going to count. But a great play by Howden there, and just like that, the game tied at two. And that's how the first period ends, with the score still knotted at two. So we go to the second period, and Di Giuseppe actually had a pretty nice scoring opportunity early in the period here. He got the puck in deep and just tried to stuff at home a couple times, got a couple whacks at it, but Kudobin just kind of closed them off and made the the back-to-back saves there, and then the play goes the other way, and Lundqvist actually made a really great save here. It was a two-on-one, and Seguin receives a pass in deep, and Lundqvist moves hard to his left, sticks out his left pad all the way, makes a great kick save there to keep the game tied at two. Definitely his best save of the night, I would say. 
But then the Stars take the lead for good on a shot by Steven Johns from the blue line. It basically just kind of went through traffic and went into the net. I mean, Lundqvist, it looked like he was probably screened on this, didn't get a good look at the puck, and but the puck basically just got through Lundqvist. It did hit the post and go in, so it's not like it was dead center and it one that Lundqvist could have easily squared up, but it just kind of went over his blocker and into the net, and just like that, the Stars are up 3-2. And like we said, at this point, they're on top for good. And, you know, again, it's, it's hard to call any of these goals soft that Lundqvist has given up, but probably all stoppable, and that's the case here as well. Again, I'm not so sure he got a good, clean look at it, but... You know, a guy like Stephen John scores. This guy hasn't scored a goal in two years. I know eventually it's, it's got to happen, but it wasn't like a, a sizzling slap shot or anything like that. It's just one of those bucks that just somehow gets through and ends up in the net, and you just kind of throw your arms up when you're watching it live. And, you know, it is what it is. It, it's three to two stars at this point, and then they make it four to two. Blake Comio, again, just continues to be a Ranger killer. He skates up the left wing and flicks a shot off the far post and into the net, and that makes it 4-2. to two. And we talked about this as well. Di Giuseppe probably should have gone after Comio. Comio had the puck along the left wing, but for whatever reason, Di Giuseppe moved toward the center of the ice to try to take away the pass because there was another Dallas star there kind of moving in and kind of near the crease. But Ryan Lindgren was there as well, and Ryan Lindgren would have been able to cut off the pass. So... Rather than have one player on the potential shooter, the guy with the puck, and one player defending against the pass, the Rangers had two players defending against the pass, and nobody picked up Comio, and they kind of just let him just kind of crash the net, and he takes a shot from in deep. He got way closer to the net than he should have been able to, and unfortunately, just some miscommunication there. And it's probably a case of, you know, DiGiuseppe, again, this is his first game with the Rangers, he might have just met Ryan Lindgren for the first time earlier in the day. Well, no, that's not true because they definitely both played some time together at the Wolfpack this season. But regardless, you know, it's his first game with the Rangers. Probably just some miscommunication there. And again, nobody picked up Comio and they just let him go to the net. Was it stoppable by Lundqvist? Yes, but he didn't really get any help on this play either. Now, Lundqvist does bounce back with a really nice save on a breakaway against Gurianov. And it was the result of a really bad turnover by Panarin. I mean, Panarin's been awesome this season, but we got to call it like we see it. Just a really ill-advised pass that ends up sending the Stars going the other way. And Lundqvist comes up with a really nice save, keeps the score at 4-2. But then the second period runs out. And at the start of the third period, it's Alex Georgiev in net rather than Henrik Lundqvist. There was some speculation that maybe Lundqvist was hurt. But that does not seem to be the case. There was nothing about that after the game. Haven't heard anything about it today either. And so, yeah, it was performance-based. And I don't know. That's a little bit of a tough hook because, again, it, it's it's a situation where... None of these four goals were completely unstoppable. But at the same time, I would hesitate to call any of them soft. A couple of them were deflected. It looked like he was screened on one, and I'm not making excuses, but these these are just facts. He was screened on one. Again, there was a deflection through the five-hole. Maybe that's the one out of all of them that he should have come up with, the deflection through the five-hole, which I believe was the first goal of the game. It was definitely one of Pavelski's two goals. He probably should have been able to close his pads and keep that one out of the net. But two of the goals hit the post and went in, so it's good shot placement by the Stars in those cases, or, or fortunate shot placement, however you want to look at it. So not easy saves there either, and he did make a couple of really nice saves in this game. But I can't kill Quinn for taking him out either because he gave up four goals in two periods, and it is what it is. And there are a lot of goalies who would have come up with at least a couple of those saves. And I think if, if you're a Ranger fan and you're watching this game, I think you can live with if Lundqvist had, say, kept two of those four goals out. If only two out of those four had gotten through him, you can live with that because, again, 
None of them were particularly soft, I would say. But again, all four of these goals, at least somewhat preventable. So he's got to keep at least a couple of them out. Henrik Lundqvist has got to be able to at least stop two of these goals from getting into the net. And it's just kind of, we, we've kind of had a reminder over these last two performances from Lundqvist of just the whole picture here. Because yes, there are games where he can go out there and stand on his head and have great performances and give you a glimpse of vintage King Henrik. And we saw that as recently as Saturday against the Detroit Red Wings. He was fantastic in that game. 33 save shutout. And we can talk about how bad the Red Wings are for as long as we want, but there's no easy way in this league to post a 33 game shutout. And that's exactly what Lundqvist did against Detroit. And then tonight, you know, just very, very mediocre performance. I'm probably being generous to even call it mediocre. And it's just one of those reminders that, you know, Henrik Lundqvist is 37 years old. He's not the same goalie that he was six, eight, ten years ago. And he's going to have nights like this as well. And it just was not his night. And could Quinn have allowed him to finish this game? I think he could have. You know, it wasn't a case where, again, that these goals were just egregiously terrible goals that he was allowing. But maybe he just felt like Lundqvist wasn't quite good enough in this game, which I think is a fair assessment. And he wanted to give Georgiev some playing time. I mean, Georgiev hasn't played since the All-Star break. So, it probably wasn't the worst thing to get him some action. It's entirely possible that Georgiev is back in net for the next game. We'll see how the Rangers want to play it Wednesday night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I do not believe that a starting goalie has been announced for that game, but we will keep an eye on it. And I get the feeling it'll probably be Georgiev because Shesterkin started the first game out of the All-Star break. Then Lundqvist started too. And I think at some point you want to get Georgiev back in the net. Again, it's kind of a mess with the three goalies, but the Rangers are handling it about as well as I think any team really could. And so... I mean, we'll see. You know, you never really know for sure what you're going to get as far as who the starting goalie is going to be. So we'll keep an eye on it. And again, I will update you guys if I see anything on that by the time I'm finished recording. So about five minutes into the third period, Corey Perry makes it 5-2. to two. He buries a rebound. And the lines are really scrambled at this point for the Rangers. I know at one point I saw Zibanejad, Foss, and Kako out there together. And I don't. that could have been maybe a partial line change. But I, I think that they were out there for a significant amount of time together. So yeah, I think that's just a line that the Rangers happen to be rolling with in the third period. And of course, a lot of this is the result of Chris Cryer being injured and Buchnevich being benched. I mean, usually both those guys are on the top line, and obviously they're both not available for different reasons here. And so, you know, this is what you get. You get basically a complete uh, pick names out of a hat type of line combinations. And I know at one time also Heedle, Stroh, and Panarin were out there together. Uh, Stahl and Lindgren on defense were back together as far as the defense pairings are concerned. So, yeah, it was really kind of all over the place, but the Rangers just kind of forced to mix and match here. Again, playing without Kreider because of the injury and playing without Buchnevich because of the benching. And then Brendan Lemieux scores on the power play to make it 5-3 to with 6.47 to play. Gives the Rangers a little bit of hope. Brett Howden won the faceoff over to Brendan Lemieux. Lemieux played it back to Fox. Fox took a shot from the blue line, and Lemieux deflects it home, and the Rangers complete their perfect night on the power play. They go 3-for-3. Three three. Again, that's definitely a silver lining of this game. Very encouraging to see, and the Rangers, as we said, moving up to 7th now overall on the power play. So they are on the top quarter of teams in this league on the power play, and I don't even remember the last time that that was the case, because even when the Rangers were making those deep playoff runs and they were a bonafide cup contender, I don't remember them having anything resembling a special power play. I mean, maybe they were average some of those years, but certainly no better than average. And so it's just really nice to see a lot of these guys coming through on the power play and the power play clicking. But that was pretty much it. The Lemieux goal, just kind of a case of too little too late. And the Rangers really don't get that many quality scoring opportunities the rest of the way here. Although the one exception to that was with about a minute left, Lemieux put the puck in the net. 
but he had already been called for a penalty. What happened was the Rangers gained entry. They're still chasing two goals at this point, down five to three. And Lemieux just basically swats the stick out of Jamie Ben's hands, which I think is hilarious because I'm no fan of Jamie Ben. But then Lemieux receives a pass from, I believe it was Panarin, and Lemieux just blasts and shoots and scores, and it's five to four, apparently. But obviously the goal didn't count because the ref was already in the process of calling the penalty against the Rangers. And then Jamie Ben jumps on Brendan Lemieux after the play because of course he does. What else would Jamie Ben do? And, you know, big dust up. So they get matching minors and it's four on four for the last minute or so. But the Rangers really not too many scoring opportunities down the stretch here and they lose five to three. And again, just a tough loss, you know, just a game where Lundqvist didn't have his A game, but his defensemen didn't have their A game either. The Rangers gave up a couple of power play goals and made some mistakes, and the Stars just made them pay for it. The Stars were just a better team by a little bit in this game, and it is what it is. It's a loss. I'm still really fixated on this eight-game stretch coming out of the All-Star break, though, because the Rangers, they won the first two games. They beat Detroit twice. Now they lose to Dallas. And again, like we were talking about, Dallas is the only team in this eight-game stretch that is in the playoff picture right now, as far as if the season ended now, the Stars would be in the playoffs. Everybody else the Rangers are going to play is on the outside of the playoffs looking in, and that will start tomorrow night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll see how that goes. Maple Leafs a desperate team. You know, they're a team that I think a lot of people expected to be at or near the top of the Eastern Conference this season, and instead they're they're fighting for their playoff lives. So Maple Leafs going to be a desperate team. Rangers have to match that desperation. They have to come out and play strong here, bounce back from this this loss, and just like that, you know, we'll, if they take the two points here, it's three out of four wins coming out of the All-Star break. And again, the Rangers really need to take advantage of this soft portion of their schedule if they're going to entertain any hopes of making the postseason here and potentially maybe even talking the front office out of having another fire sale. So again, it's another huge game. I know I keep saying that, but all these games are big. They're all big when you're chasing a playoff spot. And once again, just wanted to thank you guys for joining in here today. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter, at LO underscore NYRangers. Again, that is at LO underscore NYRangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.